Welcome to the Adventures in Ranching podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Waldo. In this podcast, I'm sharing my family's experiences of moving to a ranch in Montana. Well, I don't know that I would call it a ranch. It's something that my mother-in-law calls it, but it's about five acres and it's the most property that we've ever had. And we seem to be well on our way to having a bit of a ranch or ranchette. And who knows where it will go. But what I found is that this journey has called to me. And in this podcast, I share the adventures that we go through of not knowing how to do any of this, not knowing anything about living on more than a small piece of property in more of an urban area or even in a small town or a suburban area. And what we have learned and what we're learning as we go along. My intention with this podcast is for those that are looking for a little entertainment in their day as we go through our adventures or maybe your longing to move to your ranch or your ranchette or your homestead or farmette or whatever you want to call a small piece of your own land that allows you to connect maybe with nature, with animals, with more self-sustainability, whatever your purpose is. My goal with this podcast is to share my journey and to inspire you perhaps entertain you, and perhaps help you explore whether that's something that's right for you as well. So tune in as we embark on our adventure in ranching. Welcome back to the Adventures in Ranching podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about how what we get excited about these days has really changed. So let's dive into this. What is prompting this episode is the other night, my husband came up to me with a big smile on his face and said to me, it worked. And I said, what? And he said, the, the lines, the water lines, they worked. And I looked at him and I felt this huge grin come across my face. And I basically just ran over and gave him a huge hug. And <laughs> I have to laugh at this because this is so different from what our lives used to be about, what we used to get excited about. And this has happened over and over and over again since moving to this property. So what he was letting me know was that the frost-free water line that he had uh, installed worked. Now there's a whole story behind this. So when we moved to our property in Montana, It was not set up for horses, and we didn't even know in the beginning that we were going to get a horse. I mean, I used to ride, I used to 
be hardcore into it. Um, it occurred to me when we looked at this property and it had, you know, as much land as it did that maybe I would get a horse at some point. Um, little did I know that what is it? Let's see, February, March, April, May, basically four months after closing on this house, I had a horse, <laughs> or at least I bought the horse and he was on his way and he came a few weeks after. Um, but we didn't have our property set up for a horse. And initially I, I just thought, well, when I got the bug to start riding again, I thought I would board the horse. Um, and maybe eventually move the horse to our property. But a number of situations happened that really kind of com- kind of compelled me to want to have the horse here. I mean, we had the land, we just didn't have it set up. And so there's a lot of things I'm going to be sharing in this podcast about the different adventures we went through of going through that because, oh my gosh, there were so many things. But one of the things is that we, we had the horses, we had the horse, um, in a temporary area. I mean, it was a pasture, but it was like a temporary area, um, where we ran hoses, uh, to, to where I could do the buckets and that sort of thing. Fill up their walk, fill up his water bucket. I keep saying they because at one point we also had a second horse and, um, I'll probably tell the story of this that we sadly had to put him down. Um, and it's still really kind of hard for me to talk about because we really got connected to him. But with the first horse, um, we ended up, you know, kind of setting up this temporary area while we were building our what we call more permanent pasture, two more permanent pastures and a permanent shelter. Well, there are a lot of things that took a long time. Um, and we didn't know how to do any of this. I mean, I had been around horse fencing. I had experienced all different kinds when I was first getting into horses um, and had like a little pony with 4-H. I mean, we boarded at a place that had kind of like a single strand wire electric fence. And they probably even had some barbed wire back then because this is a long, long time ago. And that's kind of what you got. And the horses kind of knew to respect it. And that's what you had. And then, you know, fast forward to as I got more serious in my riding, and I started showing and then I got into hunter equitation and jumping and showing at like really high levels in Pennsylvania, you know, we were at a farm that was very different. Um, wood fences, everything is very particular. You know, you're very careful. And so I've had experience with all of those things, but I never made decisions about fencing. I never made decisions about where to build a shelter on a blank space base of property that could accommodate it, like where to put things and how to lay things out and what the heck even was going on with the the plants around us and, and 
did we have a pasture? Was it all weeds? Was it safe? I mean, these are just things, not only had we, had I not had a horse in a long time and I never had it on our property, we're now it, you know, we were in a whole new state, a whole new state with a whole different kind of climate and situation than what I had had in the past, not to mention the fact that many years have passed and the practices of the way things are done in the horse world in some ways are a lot still the same and in other ways, you know, are different. Things have evolved and improvements and awarenesses have been made, et cetera, et cetera. So let's, let's kind of, I'm, I'm going to talk a lot about this stuff because boy, I tell you, we just had so many adventures in figuring all this out and setting this up. But let me focus on what this conversation about this, this exciting thing was that my husband and I just had glee in our eyes the other day. And what it was is we wanted to get our horse um, into our, we had two horses then actually, by that point, um, it was the fall and we wanted to get our horse into their new um, pasture, the permanent pasture with a shelter. And it worked fine. We had this hose that went from our well and we would just fill up the, fill up the water and it was fine. But what we weren't sure was what it was going to be like in winter here. Now, I grew up um, in Pennsylvania with horses where we kept the horses in the barn over the winter. And in the very early days of having a horse, we did, um, I did have a, a pony at one point that lived outside. It was kind of, he, he was on pasture and then um that's kind of what we did he just kind of lived out with the herd on pasture but the more kind of serious i got the more we had horses and ponies that would live in a barn in a stall and then they would get turned out by us or by the boarding facility and now here in montana a lot of what people do um, because a lot of people have also come to realize that it can be very healthy for a horse to be outside more, um, that we decided to go the route of not having a barn barn with stalls where the horse horse or horses stay inside, but having a shelter and a run-in shelter so that they would be able to go into the shelter, um, but also be able to, you know, have free choice to go outside. And so that was what we were setting up. And um, what ended up happening is we had these hoses that would go to the water. And we had these like Rubbermaid troughs that we would fill up. And that's what we used. Well, we weren't sure what winter was going to be like with this whole situation. So in the temporary shelter, in the temporary pasture, before we moved them to the permanent one, I did buy a couple of buckets that had um, heaters in them. And we had a, like an electric cord that ran out uh, to where those buckets were. And they kept the 
they kept them from freezing. And we did that. And then I did get a a kind of device that I put in the big tub, um, the big stock tub for the horse that also prevented that from freezing. And that had to run to electricity. Um, so we had that set up in the temporary pasture. And then we, when we moved them to the permanent pasture, we had that set up. So that was great. But here's the thing in Montana, you know, it gets cold and, um, things freeze. And I was used to this in Pennsylvania, in the northern part of California, in the San Francisco Bay Area where we lived, things didn't really get that cold. And we wouldn't have had to worry about that there. Um, But in Montana, you know, you definitely have your winter and the water freezes. And so my husband um, wanted to, he wanted to have a trench dug down our property. He also is in the process of starting a rather large garden. And we kind of had to have a little bit of a heart to heart about where the garden was going to go. Because of course, I wanted a lot of the property for my horse and my horses. And he wanted, you know, a key part of the property for the garden. So we kind of had to do some negotiating around that. And so we had picked the appropriate place for the garden, and he wanted to be able to get water to his garden in the spring, which is kind of now. Um, But this was last fall when we were trying to make these decisions. And what we wanted was we wanted to be able to dig a trench and be able to create these water spigots, if you will, from our well that would allow us to water the horses um, and also be able to water the garden. Now, we opted not to do a line the whole way down to the garden because it would have been a lot of trenching. And we figured that we could just run a big hose down there in the summer. Um, But the goal was to have two frost-free faucets not so far from the garden that we could run a hose and close enough to the two permanent pastures so that we could have hoses go out to those pastures and be able to fill the horse's water up. And the reason is because when it's cold, the hoses freeze. So even if you have a big water trough that has a heating element in it that keeps the trough water from getting frozen, the question is, how do you get the water into the trough if the hoses freeze? In the summer, you can just leave a hose out and you turn it on, you know, you run it in, you turn it off, and there you go. You can kind of push the hose to the side, which is what we did in the warm weather. And and it was fine. But what do you do when it's, you know, 30 degrees, which is below freezing, 20 degrees, 10 degrees, single digits, minus degrees, minus degrees. Now, we had only been in Montana for part of a winter And we hadn't really been on the property at the time. So we didn't really know what to expect about any of this. We weren't sure. You know, we weren't sure what the weather and patterns were going to be like. But we knew that we, it was going to be cold. So my husband had someone come out and dig this big trench. 
And the idea was that my husband would, who's a handy guy, would figure out how to run the frost-free, it's kind of like run these underground pipes, if you will, down at like a certain level where the ground doesn't freeze up to a frost-free spigot. And uh, we wanted two of those. And then there would be another um, level uh, in the same trench, if you will, for the electricity that we were running also so that we could have an outlet at both of those places to plug the uh, water heaters into as well. So that was the plan. We thought we had plenty of time last fall to do all of this. What we didn't know was that we were going to have a really big unexpected snowstorm at the very beginning of November last fall. We did not know it. When we had been here before for the last winter, not really in our house, but in our RV looking for property, it didn't snow until I think it was mid-December, maybe something like that. So we had been working fast and furiously on getting our pasture done, getting our shelter done, getting a bunch of stuff done. So that by the time we got to this trenching thing, we thought, well, we still have a few weeks to do this. But Mother Nature did not agree. Mother Nature dumped an amazingly beautiful but very challenging, much bigger than expected pile of snow on us. And I think it was around November 2nd or November 4th, something like that. I have some pictures um, where we were expecting maybe an inch or two, which we thought, okay, that could work because it won't, the temperature will go back up and it'll melt and it'll be fine. But no, what happened was a really big dump. I think we got like, I don't know, like eight to 12 inches or something like that. I mean, this place turned into a winter wonderland in early November and it was beautiful, but what did that mean about our trenching project? My husband had had the trench done. He had this with this big hole going across our driveway and he ended up um, putting some dirt over part of the driveway. Um, but what ended up happening is the ground froze. And so he had these um, pipes in the ground and there was some kind of an issue where the faucets weren't working. Something froze before we could get it covered where it needed to be covered. And what did that mean? That meant we were without water. Like we 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 basically had spent all this money doing this trenching and we weren't going to be able to utilize it for the winter at all. And so we basically have lived with um, a bunch of dirt kind of pulled out of a trench on the side of our driveway since last, I think, October, um, because we have had to wait until the warm weather here now this spring to be able to do anything with it. And what did that mean for watering the horses? It meant that every few days, 
um, we would have to fill up the 100 gallon tanks in our pasture. And what that meant was we had to take a 200 foot hose, something like that. I don't know. All I know is very heavy hoses. We had to bring them in and out of the house every few days this entire winter entire winter. We had to carry it out. We had to run it through our laundry window, plug it into an indoor faucet, and then we had to run it out to the horse pasture. And then we had to empty it out. And then we had to close it back up and carry it inside. We couldn't put it in our garage because the water that was then in it would freeze and then it wouldn't work the next time. So every few days, this is what we've had to do this entire winter from November until just a few days ago. And a few days ago, we'd kind of been wondering, um, well, we started to see the snow melting, the temperature started to go up a little bit. Um, we wondered about when we might be able to check the, you know, check the lines and see how we could figure out why the frost free thing didn't work. Um, what was going on? Was there some kind of leak? What, what happened? So when my husband came in the other day and he looked at me and he said it worked, I knew exactly what he meant. I didn't even need, he didn't even need to tell me what he meant. Have you ever had this happen with, with your boyfriend or best friend or partner or whatever? My husband and I are like this with Pictionary. It's like we can read each other's minds. Like I think we had each in the back of our minds that, boy, it sure would be nice to get this trench closed back up and get these darn faucets working. And we had had that in the back of our minds, but we didn't know when we were going to be able to do it. And so he had gone out the other day and just decided to try it. And it worked. He didn't even need to make any repairs. It just was thought enough that it worked, that now he was able to finish this project. And this ended up being a cause of massive celebration, massive celebration. Now, why do I tell you all of the details? A, because I'm explaining that here was this thing. It just seemed like, oh yeah, in the fall, we're just going to dig this trench and then we'll just have these faucets and great. We'll just be able to run these hoses to the horse and, you know, we'll be able to have this like small hose that, um, in the winter we could just move in and out this like small little eight foot of hose. And that's all we have to worry about. Um, no big deal. Uh, and, and, and then that would work, but it didn't work. It didn't work all winter long. It was a big project to water the horses. And it's something that was really hard to do. And, and then when this happened, it was like this grand celebration. Now, if someone said to me, even in 2021, Michelle, you are going to a move to Montana B, have your own horse again. C, be giddy with excitement at having a frost-free line on your property work. I 
would not believe any of them. And the third one, I wouldn't even have any idea what any of that meant because I wouldn't even understand it. But since moving to this property and having this experience, these are all the things I know all kinds of things about. And I can't tell you the number of things we've gotten so excited about. For example, when we got our pickup truck. Now, I've never had a pickup truck. When I used to ride horses as a kid, we did have a horse trailer. My sister had a horse trailer because she was older than me and she was old enough to drive. And she had an old Ford station wagon that she used to pull a two horse bumper uh, horse trailer. And that's what she drove. And I drove it a few times and that's what we used. Otherwise we had our trainer um, that had like a big rig for multiple horses and a big truck that would be used to you know, for the horses. We've never had a pickup. I've never had a pickup. My husband, I don't think has ever had a pickup that I'm aware of. And when we first moved here, I thought, well, maybe, maybe we could get like a Suburban because we didn't have a horse trailer when we first moved here either. Remember, we didn't have a horse. We didn't even have plans to get a horse initially. Um, But Once the horse bug kind of came back to me, and once I ended up getting a horse, um, we ended up realizing we needed a pickup. But initially, I thought, well, maybe we could just get this like really big SUV that would be strong enough to pull a horse trailer. Because I had kind of weird associations with a pickup truck, like pickup truck. What what are we going to do with a pickup truck? That just doesn't seem like very useful. Like what if as a because we only had one vehicle, we had downsized to one vehicle, we had a midsize Toyota SUV. Um, That's all we had. And, uh, and I was, I was excited about that car, because initially, for a long time, when my kids are little, we had a minivan. So I was really excited in uh, a number of years ago to, to retire the minivan and basically get an SUV and stop being a minivan driving mom and, you know, kind of get some of my own independence back and have a non-minivan. And so that was really exciting. So now we're talking about pickup trucks. My husband kept saying, pickup truck, let's get a pickup truck. And I was like, ah. Eventually I realized that in order to pull a horse trailer um, and in order to be able to just it just made sense to get a pickup truck. It really did. And um, I didn't even really realize though, how much we would use this darn pickup truck. I didn't even realize I just thought, okay, it's going to be better for the horse trailer. That way, whatever horse trailer we get, we can pull it, we should get something big enough so that if we get a bigger horse trailer, at some point, we can use, we can still have the truck. Because it's really hard to find vehicles. I don't know if it's all over the country, but in Montana, trying to find a pickup truck um, was really hard. Used pickup trucks were really hard to find. Trying to find a horse trailer, really hard to find. These are things that they just would 
go like hotcakes. And so we decided we didn't want to go through this again. It's not like you can easily get a truck and then get another truck. So we wanted to get a truck that would be big enough. So we decided on getting an F-350. At the time, we weren't sure if we should get an F-250 or an F-350. That's a Ford. I didn't even know what any of these things meant, but now I do. Um, it was, uh, we were looking at Fords, but we were looking at other things too. But basically something like a three-quarter ton, something with a towing package that would be able to pull not only our lightweight uh, horse trailer, which is just a two horse trailer, um, but also could, if we upgraded in the future, could pull something bigger. But again, I didn't think that we needed this truck for anything. I just thought, well, I guess it makes sense. And secretly, I think, well, not secretly, my husband was pretty open about the fact that he was really darn excited about getting a pickup truck. I think there's a part of him that's been a, you know, a rancher in his secret dream life. And the idea of getting a pick tr- pickup truck just kind of tickled him to no end. Now, I wasn't very excited about driving the pickup truck, but I was like going for it for the horse, right? But we ended up getting this pickup truck and we drove, I think it was, I don't know, like two and a half hours to a place where we got this pickup truck. And it's a diesel. And I had to learn about what all that meant. And then we had a bunch of delays because when we got it back here, it was fine. But then there were these other things we needed to do to make it more fuel efficient and to take care because it's an older one to take care of some things to kind of prevent issues down the road so that it would last longer. And oh my goodness, there's just so many things we've had to learn. But what I didn't realize was how essential a pickup truck is when you have any kind of ranch, even if it's a ranchette or a homestead or anything like that. What have we used this pickup truck for? Let me tell you. First of all, we've used it for hauling hay. Hay in the actual bed of the truck. So initially, when we first got our horse home, we needed to get hay. And Montana has a lot of these big bales of hay, which I didn't even know about. When I grew up with horses, everybody did the smaller bales of hay. And that's just what you did. And you would just get some and then you could kind of move them. But in Montana, it's actually more common for people to have these big round bales or even these big rectangular bales. And when I say big, I think it's like four foot by four to six feet by two feet, something like that. I don't know. They're, they're definitely like over a thousand pounds, around 1200 pounds each, and they're big. And you can't just throw it in the back of your, you know, SUV and call it done. Um, you need to have a pickup truck. And so the first one we hauled with a U-Haul little trailer because I think we didn't have our pickup truck at the time, or maybe it was in the shop. I can't remember. Um, so we use our pickup truck for hauling hay. For We also did find a source for getting small bales of hay 
And we ended up loading up that pickup truck with multiple small bales of hay. So we've used the pickup truck for that. My husband has used the pickup truck to pick up fencing. We've had to pick up corral panels and gates and um, lumber and uh, all kinds of things that we've needed for our fencing, rolls of wire and tea stakes and all kinds of things that you need for a ranch or ranchette or homestead or anything in which you have a garden or you have livestock, horses, any of that. You need some kind of fencing. And an SUV, even a big suburban that's got a pretty big back that goes flat, really doesn't cut it. We've also used the pickup truck to carry loads of grain because who wants to go when it's really cold in Montana and it's snowy and you don't know that you can get out of your driveway and you don't know when the next storm is going to hit. You know, you want to be able to have enough grain for your horse to last you for a bit of time. So you don't want to just buy one bag bag of grain or a couple, you want to buy a bunch. You want to kind of stock up. So we've used the pickup truck for grain. We've used the pickup truck to get um, these kind of big things of shavings. We've used the pickup truck to get wood pallets, which are those wooden things that you see uh, when trucks unload equipment or they unload deliveries to stores. They come on those like wood uh, it almost like looks like a piece of wood. Um, it's a pallet. And what are pallets great for? Pallets are what you want to put your hay on. Why do you want to put your hay on a pallet? Because if you don't have a barn to put your hay in, which we didn't have a barn to put our hay in, you need your hay to be off the ground. We needed a place for our hay to be able to be dry and be off the ground. And so we needed pallets. And I put a couple pallets in the back of my SUV. And let me just tell you, there was some damage done. Um, so I really like to put the pallets in the back of the truck. Uh, what else have we used the truck for? Oh my goodness. We've used it for gravel. As a matter of fact, where is my husband right now? He is getting gravel. We have on our truck, we have a topper or a camper. It's one of those covers for the bed in the back. Um, one of those ones that kind of sticks up. We wanted to get a truck that had that. So if we went grocery shopping or something like that, that <clears throat> we could essentially lock up the back and leave stuff in there and not have it get it stolen out of the open bed. But we often take that thing off and we've had to learn how to do that. We've had to learn how to store it and where do we keep it and how do we get it on and off really easily. Um, but when it's off, it allows us to put the hay in and put other things in. But also my husband can go to the quarry and they can have this like big machine dump some gravel in the back of the pickup truck. And then he brings the pickup truck home and then he can use it for whatever things like filling the big hole that is now in your driveway from when you dug a trench 
and now you have had a snowstorm and you need that trench to be filled so that, you know, you can drive over this, this area of your driveway again. So we've had to do that. We've also used the pickup truck for sand, which I didn't know anything about this. So this was something we discovered this winter as well. Apparently, um, we also got the lovely Montana welcome of having what people, our neighbors have described as kind of like the iciest, the iciest winter they've seen in a while. So remember, if you listen to the previous episode, remember me talking about the neighbor that kind of fell and that's how we met him, the one that let us use his lawnmower? Well, he told us recently that this winter the ice has been the worst that it's been since he's been here and he's been here he's lived in Montana for quite a while um and so what we experienced this winter was times where our pasture for our horses got really icy and we had to get sand to put down on it to create a path to to kind of let them walk out. Now they didn't really need it to get to their water because their water is um, near their shelter, and that that was kind of all, um, you know, it was it was right there next next to it. Although we we did um, we did put some of the sand there as well, uh, but where we really found things got icy was further down in the pasture because they liked horses. Here's the thing I've discovered. You can create an amazing barn and an amazing shelter, like top of the notch with like beautiful shavings, beautiful water, beautiful hay, you know, this perfect place for your horses to be. And even if they can come in and out, you know, you're not keeping them in it. You're like, yay, we provided this wonderful shelter for our horses. And, and they, they can go into the shelter when it's, you know, snowing or when it's raining or when it's icy or whatever it is. That's not what horses want to do. They will come in to eat. They will come in if they really feel like it. But in general, what I've found is that most of the time, our horses go to the far end of their pasture if they can. And that's where they hang out. They like to hang out where they can see everything around them. Because they're prey animals. They like to look around at everything. It also gives them something to do. But what does that mean when it's icy? What does that mean when it's so icy they can't even walk through? Well, it means your husband gets the pickup truck and goes to the quarry and gets the open bed in the back filled up with sand. And then the pickup truck goes into the pasture and then... Everybody jumps on board and gets a shovel and starts pulling that sand out and creating a path for these horses to be able to walk from their shelter out to their little favorite tree where they like to hang out because they're going to do it. They're going to do it whether you help them or not. And you really don't want your horse to fall and you don't want them to get injured and slip because that can happen. Um, And so we use the pickup truck for this also. And I can't tell you, 
I can't tell you how appreciative I am that we got this pickup truck. If someone said to me, Michelle, you are going to be so excited about having a trench with a frost-free line, which I didn't even know what that was, you know, in March of 2023, or April, I guess, of 2023, and you're going to be just tickled pink that you bought a pickup truck, I'd have been like, what? What are you talking about? But these are the things that excite us. These are the things that make us giddy now. These are the things that thrill us because of our adventures in ranching or, you know, mini ranching, if you want to call it that. These are the things that we've learned to get excited about. We've learned to get excited about, you know, we got so excited about a tractor. My husband was the one that led, really led the charge on getting a tractor. I remember after we had been looking at the uh, these zero-turn mowers. We borrowed our neighbor's zero-turn mower and we were looking at mowers. We were checking classifieds and that sort of thing because we had all this stuff to buy. Suddenly we were like, oh my gosh, we have to buy all this stuff. We have to just figure all this out and we don't know anything about what we're doing. And my husband had been checking out tractors. I didn't even know this. It was kind of like his secret hobby. And he said, there's a tractor down the road. I'm going to go look at it. I'm like, tractors? What do we need a tractor for? We don't need a tractor. That's for like a big operation. We'll, we'll be fine. We just need a lawnmower. We can just get a lawnmower or, or whatever. No, that tractor has been like the pickup truck. The best thing ever. I worship the ground my husband walks on for buying the tractor. He got he got a great tractor. It's served us well. I I think that we both agree that it would be good if it was the next step up a little bit bigger um, because we've come to learn a little bit that that would be helpful. But we have used that tractor for so many things like the pickup truck. Oh my gosh, so many things. And when we got that tractor, I could kind of feel it. When he finally got that tractor and he brought it home and I was like, you spent how much on that tractor? Um, And he's like, well, it's a really good deal. That was a really good deal. And I'm like, okay, all right, fine, 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 fine. I'm sure we'll use it for something. We have used that tractor so much for everything. We've used it to shovel, to, to basically plow our driveway all winter. We would have never left our house for the entire winter if we didn't have that tractor because we have the tractor and we have a blade that goes behind it. We've used that tractor for moving hay, getting hay from one place to another. We've used that tractor to uh, move gates and be able to you know, help do a gate. We've used that tractor over the winter to clean out the shelter with manure because 
it's really hard when you have a lot of snow and ice to use any kind of a wheelbarrow to get your manure to the manure pile. It does not really happen. You would fall flat on your face, but your tractor that's four-wheel drive and has chains on it can do it beautifully well and way faster than you would ever be able to do it. So this tractor has been an amazing thing. And it's funny because we took a photo of my husband with the tractor right after we got it. And I shared it with some people that knew us before we moved to Montana, people that knew us as people that live in the San Francisco Bay Area that have lived in cities and, you know, have that kind of whole thing going on. And, you know, yeah, we had like an orange tree and we had, we had some grasses and some plants and that's about all we had. And now we show them a picture of a tractor and a pickup truck. And we're like, Hey, we're living the Montana lifestyle. And I didn't even really, I kind of thought it was funny, but these things are essential. They're essential. I have just, I am so happy we got them. But did we know anything about that? When we bought this house, did we know we would need to get a tractor? Did we know we would get a pickup truck? Did we know we were going to be dealing with frost-free lines and trenching? We didn't know any of that. We didn't know any of that at all. And yet, that is where we've been. And so now, coming back full circle, when my husband came in and he said it worked, he meant the frost-free line. He meant the water. And it was such a cause of celebration such a cause of celebration. I think he even had like, I think he even like had a celebratory drink that night. I can't quite remember. Um, but I think I saw some, some scotch out that he had, he had been drinking because it was such a big deal. Not only was it a big deal that it just worked, but he had spent so much time trying to figure out this fixture and this fitting and this pipe and this thing and, and talking to all these people at one place and in another place and making sure that he had the right equipment and making sure he was doing it right. Did I mention that my husband's handy? He's very handy. He can figure things out. But we didn't have any experience in this area. And yet, when it worked, and he came in and said it worked, it was like we were over the moon. Over the moon. And I can't tell you the number of times in which we have been over the moon when things that are beyond my wildest dreams have worked. And if someone said to me, you know, a number of months ago or a year ago, Michelle, you're going to be really excited about this thing happening. I'd have been like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And yet, this is what we get excited about. So this is really just what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about just how we get excited by things that I never imagined we would get excited about. And you know what? 
it feels awesome. It feels awesome. I mean, I talk a lot about the challenges and I will talk a lot about the challenges and and sometimes the tears and and the heartbreak that we've experienced as we've gone our gone on our adventures in ranching, having to learn all these new things. But there is something about the connection that you have with yourself and the land when you have your property and you do these things. I don't know what it is. I feel more grounded. I feel more connected to the earth. I feel more me. I feel more empowered. I feel like I feel like my life before was kind of like living it's like I was walking around but I was kind of like 2 feet above the ground and I didn't really connect with the earth in the way that I I do now since living on this property, since learning really to observe the trees more and understand, you know, what's happening with the weather and, and to understand how to work with our pasture and understand how to, you know, what happens with the ground freezing. And not to mention any of the wildlife experiences that we have around here, which I will talk about, that just make my heart sore, that I just go beyond my wildest, wildest dreams of what I even thought that I could ever get by moving to Montana. When we moved to Montana, we thought we would get a little place that would have some access to nature. We would feel some kind of connection. I was hoping to maybe see some wildlife, but I never imagined what we now have. I never imagined that we could have that. And I never imagined what it would feel like. It is truly a feeling of empowerment, of delight, and also of just having a reason for getting out getting out. It's like getting out to feed my horse in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, gosh, I need more caffeine or whatever. But when I get out there, and I'm connecting with my horse, and a whole huge lineup of geese go over top of me, and I just stop, and I look up, and I bless my lucky stars for this beautiful place that I live in. It's something I can't describe. Or when a hawk or an eagle circles above me as I'm out on my pasture bringing my horse hay, it goes beyond, it goes beyond anything. Again, it is beyond what I could have ever conceived of. And this is part of what we've been experiencing as we've gone on our adventure in ranching. I really don't believe that we would have the same experience if we were living, you know, in some kind of development, even even in our town in Montana, which we would have never 
that wasn't what we were looking for. Um, but we didn't know that we were going to get this much land and we were going to embark on this adventure that we find ourselves on. And yet it was a calling and it was a calling that my deepest heart knew that it was what we as a family would all resonate with. And I will just close with one statement. When we first moved to this property, it seemed like five acres was just so much land. And the idea of, of going out and being in, you know, in the, in the woods on our property um, where you couldn't see the house seemed kind of scary at first, but as we've lived here, it's like we've begun to realize that we would love to have more land, really. And it's another thing that I can't even imagine that I, I would have ever said that. I had no idea that that's the way that I would feel. But I'll, I'll save that conversation for another episode. So I hope you, that you've enjoyed uh, today's sharing that I've done about how we have really changed in what excites us as we've gone on this adventure in ranching. And maybe you can relate to some of this because you've moved to a piece of property and you've been surprised at what you get excited about. Or maybe, just maybe, you've been feeling a little bit of a tug of a call that maybe doesn't make any sense to have your own little piece of land, to have your own little piece of land. And you don't even know why, and you don't even know where this is coming from because maybe it's so different than what you've experienced. And I will tell you as someone that was in that place before, I would not trade this experience for the world. I love being excited that our frost-free lines work. It is seriously one of the most exciting things that's happened. And it's among many of the things that have delighted us since we've gone on this adventure in starting our mini horse ranch. So I will end on that note. And I look forward to sharing more adventures in our ranching lifestyle in the next episode. Until then. I'm so glad you joined me on the Adventures in Ranching podcast. To learn more about my other offerings, you can visit my website at michellewaldo.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-A-L-D-O.com. <laughs>